Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by me and my business, Lauren Grace Inspirations. I am a channel of the light and work with spirit guides, angels, the higher self, and past over loved ones to provide you with support, clarity, and encouragement. Using oracle cards, mediumship, and clairvoyance, my readings will leave you feeling comforted and empowered. I have various reading options available, ranging from 30-minute readings to 60-minute readings to group sessions. I also work with professionals to help them gain clarity in business and life purpose. To book a reading with me, simply head to laurengraceinspirations.com. Enjoy the episode. Afterlight. I'm joined today by Simone Lee. She is inviting you and me to step into a world of light language with her soul sessions. So Simone specializes in light language activations, energy alchemy, coaching, hypnotherapy, meditation, and her expertise is teaching you and me how to reinvent and create and embody the life that we desire. So learning these skills is mastering your own emotional clarity to claim back creating deeper understandings and faster shifts with patterns and habits that are anchored for life-changing results. Today, Simone is joining me. We got a big subject here. Now, I will tell you that if you are not used to this sort of language, we're going to be talking about light language. We're going to be talking about frequency coding to uh, basically help you to shift into a 4D and a 5D way of being. And so it's going to be probably a sort of an advanced conversation, I will say. Simon is very aware that we've got listeners of all different ages and ranges and spiritual practices. But I do want to let you know that today is probably going to be upping our spiritual level a little bit. So Simon, thank you so much for being on the show. Welcome. Thank you, Lauren. Glad to be here. I am very excited to talk about this because I'm not an expert in this subject myself. So that's, you know, why you're here uh, to really educate me and our listener at home as well. So before we kick off into what's language, what the H is 4D and 5D, yeah, what is frequency coding and all of this magic? Can you tell me a bit about how your spiritual journey began? You seem like you've done quite a lot up to now. So my spiritual journey began in my 30s when I actually got divorced. So I think I got divorced actually when I was 30, a pinnacle point. And then at 33, a lot of doors started to open. Mm. So for many of us, we all have traits and abilities and gifts that can lie dormant. I actually shut mine down when I was around five because I could really tap into people's um, emotions and thoughts from a very young age, but my parents divorced and it was just too much. Then when I got a divorce through crisis, it opened the gateways for me to step into the abilities again. That was my very, very first spiritual awakening that I was aware of as an adult. I always find it so interesting to find out how people kind of got onto the journey and the dark night of the soul, so to speak, really does seem to be sometimes the thing that ignites the fire underneath us to really search for another answer or you know, what was it about that experience, do you think, that really put you on the spiritual path? Was it finding meaning? Was it finding a way to be 
you know, consoled? Was it, were you at the, the depths of your despair and an angel came to you? I mean, was it even that significant? Was it a book? I was always um, aware that I had abilities, but I was quite scared of them. So sometimes you think when you're getting information that you're actually creating a negative impact when you get a warning or a, something to be wary of for yourself or other people, you can feel that you're responsible for it because you've got the in intuition to receive the information. So for me specifically was I always knew it was there, but I was really scared to step into it. And during that crisis point at that time of my age, I felt like I've got nothing to lose. I'm in despair already. I'm going to step into the unknown of what scares me and try. And it's like the floodgates opened. Yeah, well, they always say that, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will enter. I guess my yeah. question to you has to be about, you know, I I started mediumship uh, about six or eight months ago now, mm -hmm. and I can totally relate to being afraid of that before because it took me many, many, many years to feel comfortable with actually exploring that idea. So how does one sort of overcome that fear? I mean, like you said, you had nothing left to lose, but surely fear would have still been present. Did you kind of, Oh, 100%. Yeah. How can yeah. you dissolve fear? You know, I know that when there's love, fear doesn't have an opportunity to show itself, but fear is a really real thing. And I think a lot of spiritual people are really hypersensitive and hyper aware of yeah. their fear. So for me, the way I explain fear is it's just an emotion. And what we do is when we have those low level emotions, which are totally part of life, we tend to zoom in on them and magnify that intensity of what we're feeling. We can do that with love when we get on a high, but in just everyday emotions, we don't seem to zoom in at that level. So we all know how we zoom in, like making a picture bigger, 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 so we can pinpoint whatever we're looking at. And we can do that with our emotions as well. So for me, it was like to acknowledge fear. Once we can acknowledge that we're afraid and say, actually, I'm scared. What happens there, the resistance of fighting that fear can dissipate. And resistance is everything. It just sucks us dry of energy and it gets the mind going over and over and stewing over things. So for me, I just accepted that I was fearful. And then mm. I said to my guides, I call in the right people to teach me, to guide me, I'm ready. And I said to them, I am really, really scared. And I actually swore and said I was shit scared. But um, what they did was they presented different people. And the thing that we have to do is just have the courage to step out of our comfort zone. We don't have to step into the abyss. We just have to take one step out of our comfort zone to start a momentum. Yes, that's so beautiful. And like spirit will be there to catch you, won't won't they? Oh, 100%. It is a leap of faith that they talk about. Yeah. So the first step is always the scariest. And then I always say to myself, you know, I've been scared before and I've moved through this fear. Just like we've got to be brave. Yeah. Sometimes I say, pull your big girl boot, put your big girl yeah. boots on. You've done it before, might have stilettos. And then I just move and take one step. We just have to really be brave for that first step. And then the second step kind of takes its momentum after that.
Yeah. Do you think that a big part of it as well is recognizing that we don't need to believe everything that we think? And I've been listening to a lot of Joe Dispenza this morning and, Mm -hmm. you know, he's really talking a lot of, yeah. And, you know, a big part about it was talking about how like the ego is wanting to keep us small, you know, and I feel that that's really true. And I feel that the ego wants to protect us. And so I'm really building my relationship with understanding and having more compassion for that ego side of myself as opposed to hating on her so much but I poor ego gets such a bad rap such a bad rap I know they do when they're going wait a minute this happened to someone you know or this happened to you before and we're just trying to protect you And and I guess my question to you is you know do you did you learn to kind of quiet the mind and take the action anyway or did you have to change the mindset to create that shift I mean how do people who are really afraid actually take that one micro step? Because in a way, it's it's conjuring up yeah. that bravery. It's conjuring up that courage. But for some people, the voice up here is so strong that they, they're just trapped in this, you know, overwhelming. So I, I like to take it back a step. Let's take a, bit back, a step back because fear is fear, but how each person relates to it is very different so I always talk in a person's dominant sense are you are you visual are you auditory are you kinesthetic so if you're more auditory you'll hear your thoughts over and over and over and you'll have to deal with fear through your mantras your affirmations that way if you're a feeler kinesthetic that's where the body can feel heavy right and fear will make you feel like you either freeze or that you're just carrying cement. So for me, it's to work out which dominant sense that you sense the fear in. If you're visual, you'll just see catastrophe or everything that could go wrong, right? So whichever one it is your dominant sense is, I say you just play the opposite and just practice playing the opposite and imagining because that's what everything, visualization, mantras, Mantras are mainly for people that are auditory or if they're auditory digital, they need to write it down. But that's also kinesthetic as well. So they can overlap. Is that making sense? Yeah, no, it is making sense. It's just making me think about my own, you know, my own self where I'm at with that. But I want to ask you in terms of, you know, the affirmations and and all that kind of stuff for auditory Mm -hmm. people. And and maybe we can, you know, also compare it to the kinesthetic or the, the visual thing. Do you think that we are running core root problems, fear, let's say fear-based programs that can be overwritten through visualizing things in a different way or, you know, physically moving in in a new direction? Right. 100%. So do you have to dissolve those before these new programs stick? Or you can, can do it simultaneously because those programs that you're referring to is basically what the ego holds going back to the ego right and the ego is there just recording every single experience from that one perspective of how we experienced it and then it navigates control to protect us moving forward and that's what some people call sabotage patterns yeah so what it is is it's very hard to go ego it's okay it's okay it's okay when it's like going no 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 we've had this before we're going to look after you 
So there it is when I work with clinical hypnotherapy is it goes right to the subconscious mind. We bypass a critical factor of the conscious mind going straight into the subconscious mind. And here is where I'll, I'll change belief patterns, what you're calling the programs. Yeah. I'll also add in light language into it. And here we work with visualization, auditory and kinesthetic feeling to really shift these dominant programs that we've taken on board from experiences and what we've been conditioned to believe about ourselves from the moment we're born till we're seven years old. Yes. From seven years old, we're repeating experiences to confirm those beliefs. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. One of the things that came to mind while you were talking was about the ability to be self-aware. And I was thinking about how I feel that a lot of people on their spiritual path are very self-aware or growing in their self-awareness because Mm -hmm. they're seeking something, right? They're looking outside of themselves and then they're looking for their own reaction and their own, how they're showing up, I think, in the world in terms of what they're attracting and the kind of life that they're living. So my question to you is, you know, self-awareness is pretty much the key here. It's about being aware that you're visualizing catastrophe or it's feeling in your body that you're really heavy and can't physically walk or, or move forward or, or hearing the thoughts going over and over around what place does discernment have and how do you discern what's serving you and what isn't serving you? So for myself personally, when I get into any of those, because we can fluctuate between our dominant self, dominant sense, and then the sub-senses underneath. They're, they're all interrelated, but we usually have a very strong one first, is that usually when you're in your way of visualizing catastrophes or thinking and hearing things that could go wrong or feeling that sense of doom and gloom, you're actually in the future. You are not in the present moment. That is the first first thing to be aware of and when you catch yourself doing that you can kind of like do deep breathing even even only 10 to 30 seconds so you can do it anywhere to bring yourself back to the present moment because you cannot visualize things going wrong or hear catastrophe or sense catastrophe in the present moment you cannot yeah but the ego mind will fight that to try and protect ourselves so it's a discipline that we need uh, a habit to we need to create and then make a discipline of coming back into the present moment which is so for me is the key to self-awareness me too yeah and that's been the key to my spiritual no I don't want to almost said success that's not what I mean I mean that my spiritual understanding my spiritual freedom my yeah the present moment is has everything in it doesn't it yeah it, it is and it's when you're in your ego and it's in that self-protection mode it's a very very hard concept to understand yeah because in the present moment we are enough I am enough as soon as you step out and go oh should I do this you're you've left the present moment yes. and in western culture Everything is about future orientation. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Do well at school, you'll get a good job. Save for Work the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's like it's really ingrained in our culture and in our mind state from a very, very young age, very young age. Yeah. So it's it's something that we have to, you know, what I say is 
remove that program and create a different program so that you have that peace, that calmness within you. Anxiety is all about living in the future. How yeah. are you going to cope in the future? What are you going to do in the future? Yep. And depression and thoughts of being down is all about the past. So. Yeah, 100, 100%. It's just it's also um, experiences in the past that you're blocked in and you're not able to move through. And that's why sometimes we have to go backwards to clear it. So if I do that with clinical hypnotherapy, I do timeline therapy to go back and remove some of those blocks, rewrite the program around those experiences so we can expand on it instead of keeping that one-dimensional experience moving forward. Interesting. And I know that um, light language can often assist people as well in healing past lives and healing past traumas. So Correct. we are yeah. going to get into that in this discussion. So obviously you and I could talk together underwater. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm going to turn us back to the subject at hand now, um, which is all about light language. So can you tell me a bit about how you first got introduced to light language and for somebody listening at home for the first time, um, or hearing maybe for the first time the concept of light language how would you okay. explain that to them so I'll explain what light language is first so if you think of the earth the earth the world we have many different languages there is it's all vocal it can be written down songs in different languages you can still feel the emotion of a song in a different language even though you don't understand the words itself so for those that understand star planets there's different star seed planets past lives we can come from different star solar systems star solar systems each one has a different light language and I want you to understand that a vibration is simply energy and depending on how that energy moves will be the frequency so is it okay if I just give a little bit of a longer yes. explanation yeah 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 yes Although I'll explain visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. If you're visual, imagine a color. If you're auditory, imagine a note. If you're kinesthetic, a feeler, imagine just one sensation. That's energy. A vibration, I want you to think of, if you're visual, that the color just pulses. Doesn't matter how it's pulsing, just choose one. If it's auditory, imagine that there's an echo. You know, all the songs now, they're all, I don't know what you call it, but. Reverb. Thank you, reverb. And if it's a sensation, you're a feeler, I want you to think of it as a pulse. And now that we go to a frequency, a frequency is something that changes the type of vibration, type of energy. So for if you're visual, It'll be the shade, the shade of the color. If you're auditory, it'll be the octave of the note, whether it's it's the same note, but it could be two octaves higher, one octave lower. If it's kinesthetic, it'll be a light sensation or a heavy sensation or a soft sensation at that pulsing. If you want to think of a radio, um, each sorry, radio station is a frequency in itself. It gives you a different radio station. So light language has different frequencies for different things and different star systems have a different language. I speak about four, five 
four really well, fluently, if you want to say it that way. And and the fifth one just drops in every now and then. Oh, my. So I work, I find that light language is like coding on a computer. We're all energy. It just changes the program. The more you listen to it, the more the body, the energetic body, the etheric body begins to align with that frequency depending on what you're wanting. So I listen to a lot of Selfregio beats. Oh, I so, love that. Yeah, yeah. so frequent. So it's also Hertz music. Some people, H-E-R-T-Z. Yeah. And it's really interesting because I listen to that a lot before a mediumship reading or like a, a clairvoyant reading or something to really raise my vibration. Uh, sometimes though, it's like, whoa, it's too intense. Like I've played mm -hmm. it for people around me and they can't handle listening to it. So do frequencies become something that we get adjusted to and then we're able to kind of raise or are some days we can handle a certain frequency and in other days we can't does it does it change so what I always say sometimes people go into shock with the sensations or how they're receiving it <laughs> and they get a little bit of a fright so they freeze and what happens the energy can get stuck in them and if they're doing the shallow breathing I shallow breathe way too often. If they're doing the shallow breathing, what happens is that um, they're amplifying that anxiety within them, within that energy. Right. So if they can deep breathe into the navel, they'll actually move the energy within themselves. I always tell my students, my clients, that our intention is the direction. It gives us the navigation, whether we want to attract or push regarding energy. Our breath is the machine that moves the energy. If we're shallow breathing, we're kind of, we're losing energy in how we gain that momentum. If we're doing deep, deliberate breaths, we're actually moving with momentum and, and a gentle, solid force. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because I know that I'm a naturally shallow breather. And I can sing, so I'm aware of the diaphragm breath, yeah. which isn't a natural way for me to breathe. But I understand that if you kind of imagine you have all this energy within your body, a shallow breath isn't going to move anything. Whereas that no. deep intentional breath, like you said, is really promoting that stuff to kind of shift around your bloodstream and you know, out within the body and within the external part yeah. of the body energetically. It's where once we understand the power of the breath, we actually have so much control around energy. Right. We actually have, we're very powerful with energy manifestation, um, being magnetic, everything like that. It is all how breathe within ourselves you've got to remember shallow breathing also releases certain hormones for anxiety cortisol uh, um, adrenaline it keeps that buzz, upper buzz going where we need to feel i've got to release this energy i've got to release this energy oh. and you keep it going and what you do is you're burning energy it's like sitting in the car and just revving the engine not moving or if you're in a car and there's traffic and you stop start stop start hard you're, you're just burning through petrol gas. Right. And that's right. what we do with our body. And then we feel depleted and then there's a void and we go, I feel empty, something's wrong. And it's a 
perpetual cycle. Right. Wow. It's fascinating. I think, you know, breath, maybe we could have you back on the show and we could do a little bit more on breath talking because I think that that's such a critical subject. And it's one that I, I struggle with. So I think our listener at home might be able to relate as well. So you did talk about, you know, the fact that light language very often, well, that light language comes from, you know, different star seed systems, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And that, uh, did you say there are five main ones or that you're, you have no, no, the dialect of as five? Yeah. Five, yeah. Right. You know, people vary, like some people say there's 22 or more or less, but as we move into the age of um, Aquarius, the veil's thinning. So we're getting more and more information quicker. Right. And it's because the Earth's consciousness is ascending as well. We can retain more of this collective consciousness, whereas before it was too much for the conscious mind. Right, right. And that's where, you know, in a little bit, we're going to talk about moving into the 4D and the 5D because I'm very aware that, you know, as we're evolving and growing and, you know, especially for us on the spiritual journey, I'm sure you can relate to this, you know, just based on your bio, is the fact that we're always wanting to grow and learn and be the better version of ourselves. And a big part about that is being able to evolve with the new information and being able to process that new information in a human vehicle, which is what we're currently in. So my question to you is about, you know, how did you first experience light language for yourself did did you hear it coming from yourself and you spoke it and then you were aware that wait a minute this is connected to say the palladians or did somebody teach you how to do it did you just channel this what was kind of the way that it really kicked off for you and did you even know that's what you were doing and who the language even belonged to so many questions sorry i don't know what you mean <laughs> that's all right that's all right so my first one was I was getting a healing at that crisis point where I said I was around 30, 33 and getting that opening floodgates of my working with my abilities. I went and got a healing and this woman, I can't remember her name at all because I only had one healing with her. And she said, my soul's name is Aranya Light. And that's the name that I design under light language paintings, grids and stuff like that. But while she was doing a healing on me, I began muttering something under my breath and I had no idea what it was. And then I started working with people, healing and coaching and teaching Reiki. And I draw all these symbols that I didn't understand what I was doing at first. And I'd mutter things under my breath and I didn't know how to get it out. So that happened for a good 10 years. And then I went to this, Uh, meditation where this guy spoke light language it was just a group of six of us and in it I had because we were lying down doing a meditation I I went back to a lifetime where they're all memories of Toth and just my tongue I remember I started growing a beak and my tongue started twirling and I was freaking out because it was felt so real in this meditation. And then I went home and I was like, oh, my God, what has just happened? And it freaked me out. And then a week later, I was having a shower and all this light language just started coming out. Now, water is a conductor. I was going to say, of yeah. course, you were in the shower because yeah. that's where intuition and yeah. all that comes in. Because it opens up the gates as well yeah. and, and allows us to step into 
pure emotion to be able to shift dimensionally and access information. So then I started speaking light language and then I just incorporated it into everything I did and it just got stronger, stronger, stronger and stronger until it became second nature like speaking English. I started drawing it. I started like just writing pieces like letters, if you want to say, essays in light language. Do you find sometimes, you know, I have these conversations and I totally get where you're coming from. And then there's like, it's as though people on a spiritual path are we're like in this magical fantasy world. And then all these other people, you know, it's just. It's oh, yeah. I had lots of like, what I, are you doing, Simone? Have you lost your mind? But the effects, I didn't want to put it like that. But it, oh, no, you know, I, I still get it sometimes now. But the effects like speak for themselves the shifts speak for themselves with everyone that's like doubted not everyone is ready for light language so I don't, it's yeah. not to push it on it's like not everyone is ready to move to the fourth fifth and so on dimensions either yeah yeah some and people also, are really grounded in, in their we have, third we have to do it in our own time also because Correct. I don't know about you but I've been overwhelmed before and I shut off uh, spirituality for like almost five years. So it's very important that you do do things in that kind of, in a way that's, you know, manageable for you as well. Because that's a um, spiritual crisis that is where you're overloaded and that can make you feel like you're going crazy as well. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. So you do need to pause and just take a step back and allow that internal recalibration because all the energy grids within you are shifting too fast before your ego and conscious mind are ready to adapt to it that's all it is yeah so when you were speaking I was thinking about Wayne Dyer and um, I know he's done some chanting meditations and I remember one time I gave it a go and I went oh no I turned it off right away and then for whatever reason I tried it again I think maybe a year or two later and I, I actually did the chanting but it made me feel so uncomfortable with the sounds that I was making. And it was more like, oh, like, oh, yeah. you know, that kind of, and it just made me feel I know really, the, I know what the one you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it made me feel creeped out, honestly, that, you know, I was emitting these sounds and I haven't done anything really since. Um, and I guess my question to you is just a lot about, you know, what part does the, you know, the communication chakra, the, the throat chakra play in your ability to, to tap into that light language and feeling comfortable with that. Because I would imagine that when you were first exploring that, that some of the things that were coming out that, you know, were you able to just freely be there and, and give that? Or did you find that there was some embarrassment or confusion or, or even fear around? In the around shower? These sounds and things? Yeah totally fine let myself go wild explore it and no judgment doing it in front of people or in client with clients initially the first few times ego stepped in yeah as soon as my ego stepped in the light language stopped yeah it shut it down because I'm like oh does this sound crazy does this sound like uh, how are they received I stepped into judgment mode of myself and trying to perceive how the other person's receiving it shuts down yeah completely shuts down so I really had to learn how to channel in a neutral perspective without attachment yeah so did was that just practice primarily 
practice and um, being brave about being judged. And you know what also has come to me when you said that? I was thinking when you were talking about how, you know, here you are and you're just, and it's actually making me feel emotion. Like, I don't know if you're feeling emotional right now, but I feel your heart or something. But it's, you're giving a gift. You're, you're giving this gift. You're, you're the channel and you're sharing. And, you know, it's like the complete example in a way of vulnerability and an open heart. Yeah. And you just saying, I'm here and I'm serving. And, you know, I don't know why we have to deal with the ego so much and the judgment voice and all that. It's very frustrating. It gets in the way of us doing what we came here to do. But anyway, I know it's it, part I, of the journey. I think it's part of the journey. And I think that sometimes we get comfortable. And then if we get comfortable, we get complacent. So we don't always want to grow. And one of the things I always say to people is that we can't appreciate being the light or love or joy or happiness if we haven't experienced the opposite. Yeah. And it's not that you, yeah, and it's not to punish you. It's not that what you're doing wrong. It's to experience both aspects of light and darkness because we need both. One's not better than the other. We need both to sit in the middle and that's a neutral aspect and that's where we're moving into the fourth and fifth dimension yes okay I want to talk to you about that um but before we go there I do want to ask you so you did talk about speaking four languages quite fluently and the fifth that you're still you know practicing or or growing Mm -hmm. into or whatever however you want me to explain that so my question to you is how did you realize you were speaking four different languages, were you able to discern where they were coming from? And yeah, do they sound different? And then obviously I would love to hear an example, whether, yeah. yeah. So the first one that came was Palladian. So that was just very soft, very beautiful, all heart activation. Because when you're doing and channeling light language, yes, you're using your voice, but everything is channeled through the heart like a singer that that's what makes the the song emotive because you're experiencing it that yeah, way. Right. And like so, you were talking about earlier, it's a lot about feeling, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So whether it's the note that's triggering it, whether it's the sound that's creating an image, depending on what your dominant sense is, it's all activating aspects of you, right? Yeah. To move you is actually just to move the heart chakra. So then I realized I was speaking at Turian as well. So that's my home planet that I have. And and then it's just, then there's Syrian. The fourth one, I'm not sure. I keep asking them and they said, it's not a planet that's known yet. So I get Cartine, but I can't find any information on it. Like when I Google. And the fourth one is Ra energy. So the sun's energy. And it's very deep. It's very a little bit shamanic in how it moves oh like pulsing like uh, just when you move li- there you did like a pulsing action yeah I, 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 like- I my dominant sense is kinesthetic feeling so okay. I always talk in feelings is my one so yeah. it, I feel it it's almost like I feel that guttural energy mm. you know what I mean like yeah. when a shaman's that thumping beats drums that's how I feel it other people might experience it differently my favorite one is the Acturian when someone's new to light language I will always do 
Palladian because it's the Christ consciousness. It's the opening of the heart. It's soft. It's gentle. It permeates at a, a, a level that most people are willing to experience at some level. Oh, I'm getting you because if you were to share, let's say something that was a bit more intense, it may yeah. actually not connect to the audience. Right? It, it, they may it, have it can, a, a different. It uh, might scare them. Yeah, yeah, right. They might want so, to block it as opposed to being open to the receiving of that. So in my, like, if you've worked with me for a while or in my soul sessions, you're used to my light language and sometimes that will come through. Yes, but you've already when been I'm doing the work, yeah. to it. As opposed they're, to- they're familiar with my energy yeah. as well. So they trust my energy and yeah. then the light language that comes through, they're more inclined to receive. So is the light language for you a part of a, like, does it complement your hypnotherapy or does it complement another type of healing that you're doing or can light language stand alone? For example, would someone come to you and go, Hey, I want an entire session in light language. And then you would just channel so that for them. Light language. It's definitely, definitely stands alone. Yeah. Definitely stands alone. It depends at the level of consciousness or spiritual level that the person's at. Usually I like to explain what's going on so that they can intellectually understand because I think that also creates aha moments. Okay. I think it's really important that I use all aspects combined together so that there's a deeper understanding, a deeper dropping of the pin or seedlings to germinate ah, within you right so they're also maybe not spending time going what the hell is this they yeah. know a bit about where you're taking taking yeah 100 yeah. so do you have an intention before you do light language do you know what what it's going to say i mean do you so some client a comes to you and they say hey i'm dealing with whatever issue in my life um can we do some light language on that do you then have the intention of sorting out that issue or like sometimes when I'm doing clairvoyant readings for people I really appreciate a reading that's generic in a way because I feel that spirit knows better than we do sometimes yeah is it like that with light language or are you more intentional or it, can you go kind of either way either way so it depends on the person's level right so when I'm working and I'm because I can do readings and psychic ability as well yeah. I can see how that, not know 100% how they're going to receive it. I just know the level to come in at. Yeah. I know when they're not addressing a topic and they're trying to distract me from the topic that needs to be addressed. So I'll kind of let them do it, but the light language will come and shift that. Oh, that's so cool. Can you give us a little example of what the what light language can sound like? And I'm yeah. also wondering on the same note, are you kind of always on to do that? Or did you sort of have to open up before we did our reading? Or can you tap into it at any time? Is it like a switch? Anytime I can tap into the light language. I did ground myself before the session because I knew I was going to be speaking and explaining a lot of things. Yeah. But I didn't do the light language switch on because that's just auto that's automatic. completely automatic now. I've been doing light language about 10 years now. Wow. Okay, so it's, auto, it's like how you're doing age. the re, you, uh, wow. <laughs> 54 next month. So, Girl, um, get it. <laughs> so yeah. So like um, when you do readings, I explain to people when you do a reading, you'll meet people and yes, you'll get information about them, 
it's like when someone opens their bag, you can look and see what's in their bag or you can go, I'm not going to look in their bag. It's the same thing as that. Like I'll always get information drop in, but I'll just stop and go, not appropriate timing now. Oh, interesting. So that's about just So I always say integrity and your value system come into anything that you do, whether it's a spiritual world, psychic ability, all of that. Yeah, 100% agree with that entirely. Um, My question to you too uh, is that when someone is receiving light language from you, you know, if I was singing to you in Italian or English or, or whatever, you may understand a bit about you may be able to translate some of the words depending on your knowledge with that language for you when you're doing light language do you could you translate it into english if you wanted to or is it really based on feeling and that emotive sh- and the shifting and, and the words don't need to be translated because it's it's almost I, deeper I, than that so i do a lot of hypno meditations where i'm doing light language especially when i'm working on chakras or specific energy and in the meditation, playing, we're going to move here now and we're going to sh- gently shift this, step into this um, imagination or step into this park and feel like you're being held by Mother Earth and the energy is going to come straight up and then I'll move straight into light language. So I've kind of explained what we're doing. Right. As I said, I can translate it. I'm a feeler. So for me, feeling's everything. Yeah, yeah. And even as I asked you that question, I kind of thought about how being able to articulate things isn't really necessary because it's about feeling the shift and embracing that the shift on a completely different level, right? On an energetic level, which is a higher level than than matter or not that words are matter, but you know, it feels like a real human thing to do. It's the ego trying to translate basically. Yeah. And that's okay. It's just knowing that your ego wants to know. That's all. Yeah. And also, you know, for a listener at home, when your ego steps in, you're at a lower frequency. Correct. You're at a lower vibration. Like when you're doing the kind of work that Simone's doing, you have to be at a high, high level where the ego is actually dormant and asleep because otherwise you're competing. Part of my job is to help them step the ego aside because what's happening ego is just third dimension that's it third dimension is i you fourth dimension is we We. which is that neutral perspective no judgment and then we move into the fifth which is oneness right yeah that's funny as simple as that yeah yeah because ego yeah it's a separation fourth dimension is a we together and and it this is one. Okay. And it's funny because I know we're part of the whole, but I've never been able to really understand that. You know, it's as though I want to intellectually understand it, but I haven't been able to feel that truth. And maybe because I'm not there yet, you know, it's, but it's not it's that less, you're not there that yet. You said that put it in those, in that way. Go ahead. The thing is when we're stuck in the third dimension is we like to project blame or you're wrong I'm right or I'm wrong you're right it's that as you said that real big separation you hurt me you did this to me or I did this to you and we all make mistakes we all hurt people intentionally and unintentionally that's life taking accountability for that yes but if you step into the fourth dimension which is purely just consciousness it's not the physical body stepping in it's 
the consciousness is moving through the dimension. The fourth dimension is not about laying blame. It's about seeing, understanding, and accepting. And it gets very, very tricky when you feel guilty, you feel shame, you feel yeah. hurt. They're lower frequencies, lower vibrations. And yeah. that's the, I say, the catalyst for us to move and evolve. We need a catalyst. We need discomfort for us to try to go, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it creates a little bit of desperation that we need to change. Yeah. But if we don't have that, then we don't change. Right. Then Correct. we get complacent. complacent. We stay yeah. the same. Yeah, exactly. So can we hear a bit about sure light can. language? And I will say too, just before you get started, that I love that you're going to do um, Palladians because I believe, and I'm understanding this, I'm, I'm working at feeling this truth as well as understanding it. <laughs> But I think the heart is the key for all of it. I I realized that more than ever, that the heart 100%. is the, the gate. And yeah, and I'm just interested in, yeah. The heart um, connects the lower chakras, which is the earth's domain, earth's vibration, to the oh. upper chakras, which is moving into spiritual transformation. Everything needs to go in and out of the heart chakra. It is the gateway to everything. Most of us are scared to step into the heart chakra because there's a lot of shadow work or inner child work, part work that we need to do yeah. to clear the fear, the pain, the hurt. And that's the block that I was talking about yeah. that the ego mind really holds onto and pushes forward into the future. Yeah. And just for our listener at home, just before you get started here, I don't keep alluding to it, just keeping the listener along, uh, yeah. making them stay. But uh, I just want to say for our listener at home that if you go back a couple of episodes, I did um, have an episode that was all about inner child and working with the mother wound. And then also previous to that, I did work with Rhiannon Hines and we did an episode that was all about keepers of the light codes, which is all about heart as well Beautiful. so if they're wanting some more resources i just wanted to direct them there so simone Definitely. my sister take it away <laughs> <laughs> okay so all i want you to do is close your eyes and i want you to place both hands on your chest on your heart space your heart chakra i want you to imagine breathing deeply into that heart space into the palms of your hands and just by doing that we drop our awareness our focus into the heart space Gently opening, gently allowing the energy to move through. And as you do this, just give yourself permission to receive this light language just by saying yes to yourself. Karanina pire ikiyamana are, tira are kiyamana mana kiya, turu. Toro ikinyamana aare shiti inarana kare. Mina. Mina ire tia mana na 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 mana kare itire nina. Toro. Toro. Kia pare ina. Ina para aranana kinyamina. 
Uronina are. Uronina are tina kire. Uroklia mana are shiti inanana kire. Inanana kire. Ah, uroklia mana ne. Just breathe. Arakia mana nana kinya. Oro. Oro ikire tina. Arakia mana. Moro arakia pina nana kinya. Toro hina nana. Toro are. Are mana care tire kia na 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 na. Tire tinia na 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 kinia. Or, oru ara kire ina para. Aum, tonia na na kinia. Aum, oru ina na 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 na. Using your breath just to move this energy, washing it all through you and allowing it to permeate around you gently like a beautiful hug around your body. Oru arakare mana nina kire, toru are nina, toru anakare nina tire, arananananananananakare, inire porutina nananananananina. And allow it to integrate into every aspect of who you are. Let your soul, let your heart space alive. And when you're ready, you can gently open your eyes and stretch. And just feel and observe the different sensations within your body as you completely and fully step into the body now. That was beautiful. That felt like <laughs> a wise woman, you know, coming and encircling you in this beautiful hug and you just didn't want to leave. That was oh good. Thank yeah, you. it was really beautiful. Thank That's you for good. that. You're welcome. Sorry, my headset keeps falling out. But yeah, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, it's very it, soft. Yeah. And it felt like a beautiful entry level, like you're talking about, a beautiful entry point for anybody. Um, that just really felt yeah, so comforting and really brought me into my body, whereas I tend to be <laughs> too much in my head. Yeah. So it comes into your heart cool. space. So as you would know, that energy is anything that's recorded with energetic work in it, alchemy in it, holds that frequency in any recording. 
So in your podcast, you can just replay it over and over whenever you want to really feel into that because it holds all that frequency in there. I will do that. I'm just writing that down. Yeah, it's so powerful to just sit there. And it's funny because you probably did that for five minutes or something. And so often we forget that kind of five minutes as a window into the present, into your soul, into connection to our spirit guides and our higher yeah. self. And we don't take the time, you know, we 100 percent yeah. something bigger. Uh, well, I'll release that as well as a mini episode so that our listener at home, you can just go right to it anytime Perfect. that you want to. So we are ending, we're running out of time. This always happens to me. We will just rebook again because you and I, I would love to learn more about you and what you're doing and, and talk more about the, the power of the breath and maybe connecting a bit more with um, maybe our guides and things like that. I Wonderful, think you and I yeah. have so many things to talk about. Before we kind of, you know, wrap up though, I do want to know a little bit about how light language can assist people in healing past lives, healing with trauma. And also if you could talk a bit about moving us out of the 3D and into the 4D and the, and the 5D. So what can we do at home? Is it about booking a session with you? Is it about listening to these things to kind of start the shift? Is it about accepting that we need to do that work and, you know, looking it, at it It's like about that? being open to it. A lot of the time you have to be open to wanting this shift because it doesn't matter if you're stuck and you refuse to connect to it, it's not going to work. Nothing's going to work because the ego mind in control can block many, many things. So basically, and you have free will. Shift. We have, That's the free will. So basically um, I have soul sessions, which is where it's a membership. I drop two sessions a month, 60 minute sessions, 30 minutes of me talking, and then 60 minutes of a hypno meditation with light language and light language activations. So that really works beautifully. You work at your own pace. You have access to all the recordings. I also work with one-on-one um, -on -one, if you want sessions so we can specifically target what you want to shift. The other thing that I do, which I absolutely love is I do light language grids you can see this one here that's healing oh that's, that's light language gorgeous and for yeah. a listener a listener on the podcast uh Simon's shown that and there's a youtube video of this you can go and have a look that looks like sacred geometry is that what that is i call it sacred geometry but it's light language you can see all the different vibrations going in oh, so i use this as beautiful. a ceremony cup this one's called healing so i also have these as little mat grids so like um mouse pads and you can use them you just leave them in the room and that energy frequency will permeate the room and anyone that's in it you want an instant effect you just look into the grid and you breathe into it and it automatically it's a fast honing in that shifts you internally that's so beautiful and I just had a drop in for you I don't know if you're already doing your oracle decks but your oracle cards but they're telling me to tell I've you been so, I've had so many people tell me yeah oh, so, I just, oh, thank you for the reminder thank you thank you didn't come from me they're just like <laughs> remind her I'm, like, I'm yeah. reminding her um when you were doing the light language I felt that it was penetrating yeah at a heart level and not at an intellectual level is that how yeah. people can use it to help them healing their past and healing trauma because it almost can get in at a deeper level where they don't have to be so intellectual about it so trauma basically is a blocked emotion a trapped experience that we're stuck in or we've abandoned the part of ourselves in that experience at that specific age and that's why you do inner child work 
paths work or timeline therapy, whatever. So shadow work. So basically what we do when we become adults is we intellectualize the trauma. We create a narration, a story about it right, when actually right. that is not the actual experience. We just need a justification of why we're feeling this emotion or this sensation. So when you do light language, it bypasses the in, the need for the intellect yes, and hits straight into that blocked energy because all it is is blocked energy from that experience right. in the heart space. Right. And I That's had this visual. trigger is. That, yeah. Where it's like uh, almost like a shadow, like a rain cloud, and then the light language are like these bolts of light that go in and that just disperse it all and allow it to Your visual clear. then too. Yes. Yeah. So that's how you're moving through. And that's what your dominant sense is, however it is, will help you release that blocked energy. So it's not so, because we, we saw that blocked energy in the heart and then it's deposited somewhere else in the physical body. And that they're all the triggers that we have in life. Right. Where we start overreacting and jumping into a reaction and stuff yeah. like that where the mind doesn't even know what's going on we actually time travel is what i call it back to that incident and we lose all concept of rationale and just physically react wow that's amazing uh i will say i don't know about our listener at home but i'm feeling like my throat is a bit sore and i'm getting a bit uh fuzzy in my head still feeling a bit light so someone's like yeah oh yeah yeah well i can just ground you guys now energetically so that it's not so intense i'll just do that quickly maybe just do that right before we sign off finish yeah And just take a couple of deep, deep breaths. Just really anchored you into your body and into the physical realm, into the earth's domain, connecting you to the earth's core. And the more you breathe, sorry, the deeper you breathe, the more deliberately you breathe, the more you'll shift into this beautiful energy connecting to the earth. beautiful and just gently integrate all of it because it's so beautiful perfect I felt like the sediments going drop 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 down (laughs) so Simone I will put a link to everything uh to connect to you in the show notes I don't think that we talked enough about 45d is that something that we could talk about in another episode do you feel that there's yeah 100 there's a lot more to talk about because it's a consciousness I I will say that I've given your um afterlight listeners a 20 percent um discount on all the products regarding light language oh wonderful we'll put that promo code in the show notes as well i'm just writing that so i don't forget and uh will we i will bring you back for a part two so that we can keep the conversation going about the 4d and the 5d and then we can talk about breath work and maybe some other ways about tapping into your higher self maybe we can explore a bit about how you deal with um, working with timelines and, and things like that or whatever you feel called to so Love thank you to. so much for being here I feel like we've just started talking but it has been an hour <laughs> if I check my clock I so. know we have yeah so thank you for having me I've enjoyed it very much thank you me too and we'll see you next time on the show thank you bye
thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcasts and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.